What's up, everyone? You are listening to The Crawford Talks, a podcast by The Athletic about the Houston Astros. Mike, I have a trivia question to kick things off today. Are are you ready for it? I'm ready. I think the last one was about the pitching staff in 2012 or thereabouts, so I I think I'll be ready. This one's about the 2020 team, so uh, maybe you'll get it, but it's actually really difficult. Who? uh, Okay, I'll say it this way. Can you guess who the Astros leader in 2020 in BaseballReference.com's version of wins above replacement is through 47 games? Okay, so is so am I combining pitchers and hitters for this stat? Correct. Okay, I'm combining pitchers and hitters. All right, I'm going to say that the leader in Baseball References WAR is Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel? No, not even close. Not, what do you mean not even close? <laughs> he's been like average. Yeah, he's um, been average, yeah. Actually, he, he, go he's ahead. like, he's 10th. <laughs> oh, God. Another terrible <laughs> guess by me. Uh, he's he's under Andre Scrub on here. I, the, the leader, uh, surprisingly, is Christian Javier. Okay, now that I would not have guessed because my other thoughts were like Zach Greinke, Framber Valdez... That's kind of where I was leaning towards, although they have not yeah. been as good, respectively, recently. I, I, I was thinking that, but then I was thinking, since you're asking the question, it's going to be slightly outside the box. Yeah, I think it's very outside the box with uh, rookie starter slash reliever. Is that um, good? <laughs> and no, I think it, it will. So I should say two things. First, Fangraphs has Grinky by a decent margin. Okay. Um, so it's not unanimous between the two sites, but... I think the fact that Javier's up there is kind of indicative of the fact that they haven't really gotten any bona fide superstar performances this season through 47 games. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely fair. So Guriel was a terrible guess by me. I, I probably should have gone with Brantley in hindsight, even though he missed the game. So that probably would have hurt me. But yeah, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy question to answer. Who has been their best player? Yeah, I and I, I don't think true value wise that Javier has been their best player. I think it is Grinky um, and Brantley, but it was it's just something I noticed on Monday morning um, after Javier's relief perf- performance against the Dodgers on Sunday night that 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 was the latest outcome on on war for baseball reference. So interesting tidbit there. Um before we dive in real quick, a few notes from me. Uh, first, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple. We greatly appreciate the feedback there. Also, if you've been on the fence about subscribing to The Athletic over the last couple of years, now is literally the perfect time to do so. Yes. Um, if you click on any of my story links or if you type into your browser, theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks. You can access a special deal that gets you a new subscription for only $1 a month. That's theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks, the name of our podcast without the the word the. And then lastly, uh, we just revamped our app and it's really cool. So um, update your app on your phone. Uh, there's some really co- new cool new stuff on there, including a live feed for real-time updates that I've been updating with some Astros stuff. So please check that out. Uh, on on the app after you update it on your phone. Yes, make sure you do that. I literally just did that as we were starting recording our episodes. I'm I'm looking good forward to seeing you. what this looks like. Yes. Yeah. Good job by you. Um, it's really cool. I, and I'm not just saying that because I work here. Um, 
So the Astros, bad road trip, bad California trip, two and nine. Um, they just wrapped it up with that that Sunday night baseball game. Um, uh, you know, a, a non-competitive loss, I would say. Um, but now their schedule does flip, and they they actually do have the easiest schedule in baseball the rest of the way. They do. Uh, I want to go on the record and, and say this. I'm looking right now at um, – at ESPN's like the, what their projections are on their standings. And they have the Astros on Monday morning at 94.1% to make the playoffs. I'm not telling you, as I said two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago when I first started sounding the alarms on this podcast that the playoffs may not be a certainty. I don't think it's 94%. Now, I think they'll still make the playoffs because the schedule is easier. And at some point, like I think they're going to start to play better, probably starting tomorrow against Texas. Um, But it feels to me more like, I don't know, 80%, 85%. And I just want to go on the record and say it's a dangerous game to play when it's two weeks to go in the season and you're in a game and you're a game and a half up on Seattle. The Mariners play a doubleheader later Monday against the, the A's. So maybe that goes a, a lot. You know, if they hypothetically lose both games, then that's a big deal in context of these two weeks. There are three games in hand, and Houston is better than Seattle. They've already clinched the season series, which means that if they finish tied, the Astros will win the second place spot in the AL West. But I just want to like, I just want to emphasize that I don't think the playoffs are, are a certainty. And I think the Astros are playing a dangerous game, kind of assuming like, hey, we got through the horrible road trip and now things will completely change tomorrow. I could be wrong, but that's my initial thought. I don't think you'll be wrong because we can't really prove it. Um, yeah, we can't. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Uh, for what it's worth, Fangraphs also has 94.1% odds to make the playoffs for the Astros on Monday morning. So yeah. they're exactly the same. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. The playoffs are definitely not a guarantee for this team. I mean, they're 23 and 24. That's that's not good. Yes. Uh, I think at best they're going to be like a game or two above 500. Um, if if things kind of like if things steady out and they win more than they lose um, against the Rangers. Um, yeah, it's you know I guess there is a scenario where they they get up to 32 or 33, but it's it's not looking great either way. Um, well, 13 games left, right? So if they're going to be well above 500, they'd have to go like, you know, 10 and three, which is, which is possible against this kind of competition. But they have not played like a team that's all of a sudden going to reel off a 10 and three stretch. They could because now they're getting healthier and such. And they've got the the, the last much needed off day today. But uh, <laughs> this is our last one. But I, they, I just, they have I, much needed off days so that Dusty Baker can use Humberto Castellanos yeah. in, in more close that was games. My, that was my favorite tweet of yours when <laughs> this was really dangerous in hindsight that, you know, after uh, on on Saturday where, where Fromber pitches and it's not great then, but it's still a close game. All of a sudden, Dusty decides, decides it's a good idea to bring in Castellanos and they yeah. barely got those three outs before they came back and won. Yeah. So, okay. So they're 23 and 24. Odds are they finish with like 31 wins. I, I so that's that would be eight and five, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's fair, but yeah, I also can't stress how bad the Rangers and Diamondbacks are. Like they that's should true. win almost all of these games if they want to have like show that they are like still a dangerous team uh, in the playoffs. But I agree with you that um, it doesn't feel 94.1 percent ish. Yes, I think part of that is the tiebreaker that you mentioned. Um, it kind of adds a game, yeah, right? The, the type, like, yeah. Because if they tie, they still the Astros still get in. 
Yeah, the, the tie is definitely a, a big deal. The fact that if it's a tie, yeah, I mean, so Seattle's operating, they have to operate like they're two and a half games back with two weeks to go. Yeah, and also we should note that the Mariners do have the hardest schedule in baseball remaining uh, by opponent yes. winning percentage. We'll get right back to the show after this quick break. Now, I am curious your thoughts on this. So when we look at Seattle's schedule, there's no doubt that they face, they go from facing, you know, some of the dregs of the league like Arizona to now they're facing Oakland a bunch of times and then San Diego and obviously Houston in a week, although that, that series is in Seattle. Do you have a sense, Jake, on the last four games of the season for Seattle, which hopefully for the Astros won't matter, like hopefully they'll have clinched for them by that point, but they play Oakland um, four times in three games. They play Friday, doubleheader Saturday, and then Sunday. Those are all in Oakland. Obviously, like the, the A's should have the division completely wrapped up, but it's a shortened season, and I think the playoffs are going to start what it sounds like you know Tuesday or Wednesday after that. What is Oakland going to be like that weekend? Yeah, so I think the playoffs for the AL will start that Tuesday. And so I, for a team like the A's, their priority should be lining up their rotation the way that they want to have it for yeah. wh- whoever their first round series is, which could be the Astros. Um, you know, they're a team that doesn't have like a clear cut, like one, two, three, like they do, but like, I don't, you could tell me three different orders for their rotation and I would believe you yeah. um, between like Lazardo, Montas, Manaya, um, you know, I don't know if you're playing, if you're playing the Astros at, in Oakland, you might want to start Chris Bassett, who like dominates them there for some reason. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's not bad, but like he's been really good against them. Um, so, yeah, I think for the A's in that series, the priority would be to to set things up, get get your regulars a day of rest each, probably. Um yeah, see, that, that's my thought. Like, from a pitching standpoint, because you want to line them up and because it's a, it's a shortened season, I, I think you still have to have your pitchers go over that series. So it's not like you can, you can start some bums. But from a lineup standpoint, uh, you're probably not going to see the full A's lineup. I mean, you won't anyway, because Matt Chapman, unfortunately, is done for the season. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of series where before the playoffs, they're going to mix in some rest for their guys. It's not like they're going to be facing the A's at 100% rocking and rolling during that series. And I just kind of want to point that out a little bit in, in advance. Yeah. I mean, if the Astros let it come down to the final weekend, um, I'm not sure they deserve to be in the playoffs. Like, I mean, that's like totally fair. Like this schedule is so weak. Like the Rangers are awful and they get yeah. seven more games against them. Um, they do. I mean, I guess four of those seven are, are the last four games, but um, you know, the Diamondbacks have been really bad and they, they're going to have, you know, Grenke starting one of the Diamondbacks games. Um, that should be a lock. Um the, the Mariners, you know, they've played better lately, but the Astros have matched up extremely well against them the last couple of years in the season they series. Um, so I think all of these things plus the um, just the rosters and how, how Fangraphs projects them, the players on each team to perform um, is baked into why the odds are so high for the Astros. But I, I see your point and I think like, Let's let's do this exercise real quick. So the Astros are twenty three and twenty four. Um, I'm not really sure why I said they they could get to thirty two or thirty three. That was probably uh, me doing bad math because I don't I don't believe that. But w- what do you think win total wise they will end up at 
after their final 13 games, you know, be, well, being 23 and 24 right now. Okay, let's see. So you've got 13 games to go. Uh, I'm going to say that they will win. Yeah, I mean, I, I say they'll win eight of those games. So 31 and, so I, and 29. Yeah. yeah, I'll say 31, which would be under the win total coming into the, the season, obviously. Yeah, what we said, we both predicted 34, right? I think we did. Yeah. So that's not happening. That's yeah, that's probably that's probably yeah, yeah. If if they get to that, then they will have made the playoffs. If they if they if they find a way to get to thirty four at this point. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. Eight and five, best case scenario, nine and four. Well, I don't think best case I mean, listen, best case scenario, given that they are getting healthier in the rotation, we could have a Verlander start, could, which we'll get to here at some point in Seattle. Like, it's not crazy to think they could win 10 or 11 of these games if they start to play really well. I don't think that's insane. Do you know something I don't know about Verlander in Seattle? Uh, I think I, I think I read that somewhere. Did, did I just completely make that up? I mean, I, I if you look at the schedule, I think Arlington makes more sense. Okay, well, okay. Because my main point was not specifically lining up uh, Verlander for a specific series. It was more just that... I think he could get one start is what it sounds like. Yeah, it could be either. I mean, okay. We'll, I, we'll I, I trust you on all these matters way more than me, by the way. We'll get it. So. We'll get into that. I was just making sure I didn't miss something. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they are getting healthier, but I mean, again, they've underperformed all year with, with yep. like, I wrote about this on Friday, kind of dissecting where they stand and how they got to this point. And like, it was a good piece. Thank yeah. you. And like, of course, injuries play a big factor. Like they lost Justin Verlander. They, they lost Jordan Alvarez. They lost Roberto Osuna. They've lost a lot of their regulars here and there, but like they've also underperformed with the guys who have been healthy when they've been playing. Um, and both things can be true at the same time. Like none yep. of their star hitters, outside of Michael Brantley has hit at an elite level and several of them have been closer to average. I think that's completely fair. Um, I, I do think the one injury, which I know this is playing the results a little bit, but I, I do think if they had Osuna and he had been healthy the whole time, I, I tend to honestly think they would have won three or four more games. Jake, just because they've played so many close games and they've lost a bunch of these games that they're leading with like either three outs to go or six outs to go, that I think that w- that would have really helped them in this kind of shortened season. Like maybe that sounds like a lot that if they had one guy, they would have won three or four more games. But if you go through the schedule, I actually don't think that's a crazy statement to make. Or is it a crazy statement to make? No, I don't think it's crazy. You're right. They've played. I think they've played like 18 or 19 one run games. It's a lot. Um, yeah, because I, I will tell you this. If the Astros miss the playoffs, I'm going to point to a two day span in which they lost the postseason. And it was the two games last the three games last week in Los Angeles where they lost the extra inning game, but they couldn't hit an extra inning. So they made the comeback and that that double header where they should have won both games. And instead, the bullpen blew in the last three innings, both games of that double header. To me, if you had Osuna, I don't think they go 0 and three in those three games in the Angels series. You mean? The Angels series, yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like in a 60-game season, um, there are going to be specific series and games you can point to because um, all the games are, are so fresh in mind, right? Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, 
there's been a, a bunch of games they've blown. And so I think, you know, the Padres game, um, a couple of those Diamondbacks games early, like they're, you know, some of the, yes. some of the A's matchups. Um, so yeah, I think there'll be plenty to point to if they, if they don't make the playoffs. Um, what do you think of the Dodgers series? Quick, quick little two gamer there. Yes. Uh, interesting series to, to discuss. So from on one hand, if you had told anybody from the Astros, they would have split the uh, the weekend series. I think everybody would have taken it considering how bad the road trip was. So from that standpoint, they did what they needed to do. They had to win a game and they found a way to win a game. And Saturday was the best one of the year. I mean, there's no I don't think there's there's a game that's close to the second. Honestly, I mean, they tattooed Kenley Jansen. Uh Every every ball that was hit in that inning was struck really well, starting with Correa, then Aledemus Diaz and Josh Reddick. It was a really exciting comeback. Uh, I if it was the playoffs, people nationally would be killing Dave Roberts for not taking him out of the game. Uh, but it happens so quickly sometimes with your closer, you don't have a lot of time to get somebody up. So I can kind of understand it. It was a great win, and then I would say the the series leaves you with a. With a weird taste in your mouth, because while it's understandable that no Yuli because he was, I guess, a little banged up on Sunday, no Kyle Tucker because he's angry and frustrated and not hitting well right now, uh, they put out a particularly weak lineup on Sunday that didn't really seem to give them the best chance to win. That's my; Those are my overall takeaways. Yeah, I agree with you that it was their Saturday was their best win of 2020, although it's not exactly a high bar to clear um, because it was only, yeah. only their sixth win against a good team. Um, and I'm counting the Giants as a good team in that conversation because they're in the playoffs, yeah. even though they're under 500 like the Astros are. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the old Astros team that would string together hits and, yep. and have big innings. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday, I don't know what Dusty Baker could have really done with the lineup because of all the injuries. Um, you know, if, if Gurriel and Diaz are, are banged up and need a day, then they can't, and, you know, then that's what you have to do. Um, and Tucker's been struggling and, you know, striking out in every other at bat the last few days. So I don't blame him for, for giving Tucker a day off there. But yeah, you're right. It, it kind of, uh, exploit, you know, exposed their depth a little bit or lack of thereof with Toro and Mayfield and, um, just the bottom of the order, you know, straw. But, um, I don't know what else you could really do there. I mean, all you can really do at this point is to ask this team to to win one game, given that the Dodgers are just a, a much better team right now. And yeah, I mean, I, I circle back to what you said about 10 minutes ago, that if they if they miss on one hand, like if they miss the playoffs, they, they certainly deserve to. And yet at the same time, since the playoffs are such crapshoot, they were talking about this on, on the broadcast on Sunday night that the Astros internally kind of feel like, hey, if they get in there, then all of a sudden things kind of change dramatically because of the way the rotation and the bullpen set up. All of a sudden, they'd be able to take, you know, two of their starters or, or maybe even three of them and put them into the bullpen. And all of a sudden, like they have a lot of different ways to get those 27 outs. And so the team, like if they face the A's in the first round, I still think they'd probably lose that series because Oakland's better. But it's going to be a different Astros team that Oakland would be facing in two plus weeks than the one that we've seen the last two weeks because of what the rotation and the bullpen would be for those three games. Before we get back to the show, let's take a minute to hear about Liquid IV. 
This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the A's are better. Uh, like, I think even if Verlander's healthy this season, the Astros are still a second-place team. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's the the, the playoffs are going to be such a crapshoot. Like, I don't know how any team could feel bad about, you know, their chances to win a three-game series. Like, every team is capable of beating anyone in a three-game series. The Orioles are capable of beating the Rays <laughs> in a three-game series. You know what I mean? Like, yes. um, yeah. the the Rangers you know, could beat the A's in a three-game series. Um, so, you know, one, it's just a crapshoot. One, one thing to point out, by the way, uh, it is, it, and I know people know this by now, but it's second place or bust for the Astros. The amazing thing about how disappointing the season has been is that when you look at the American League and the, and the postseason, you know, even if you're in third place, two of those third-place teams make the postseason. But it's gotten to the point where now, you know, the Astros are three games in the loss column back of those teams for the wild card. So they didn't even have that as a, as a backup. That that kind of puts into perspective how this season overall has gone. Yeah, they don't even have that that possibility anymore. Um, that's gonna, are both those going to be the East with the Blue Jays and the... Or no, I guess they can't I, be. Um, no, it's going to be... It's going to be the Central and the, the East. Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be the Blue Jays, Yankees, and then probably the Indians is the way it's looking right now. Because the Indians are on a big losing streak now. Yeah. Yeah, they, that, that's a good point. Yeah, they've, they've lost six in a row. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Astros have reason to be encouraged with how they're, they, they would line up in a three-game series. But ultimately, like, they are going to need um, the hitters who have underperformed to perform and the relievers who have underperformed to perform, right? Like, and I, Ryan Presley yes. still is going to have to pitch important innings, and he's he's been shaky. Um, they're counting on Anoli Paredes, who's never pitched beyond September 1st, let alone into October in his life. Uh, Blake Taylor just needed a 10 day break. Like they're, they're still counting on the guys that they need, that they're, um, they've been counting all, all year, even with, if you factor in Jose Arquiti, Christian Javier going to the bullpen. Yeah. And I, I just want to say this for the record. Like I want this team to make the postseason from like a, 
this podcast standpoint so we like keep going but also just because i want to see what some how some of these guys would react to the playoffs like i want to see for the long-term future what a christian javier does or fromber valdez like i I just want to see that to get more information for what the next year or two is going to shape up does that make any sense it's an interesting point because i think the devil's advocate take would be this playoffs with no fans is that really telling us what how these guys would do in a postseason with fans in the future? I think so. I mean, I, I mean, what, if you look at the NBA postseason, they have no fans either, and yet it still feels like some of the same dynamics you would typically have in a normal postseason are still kind of in existence. Now, I get your point. You mean the Sixers, You're not the like Sixers blowing it. <laughs> Yeah, like the Rockets losing elimination games by large margins, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that's like poke fun because I, I do think you have, you definitely have like a, a, a point, especially with, with the pitchers that they're, that they're pitching in an environment where there are no fans, but this would be their first experience. Like I, one quote that sticks out in baseball to me the last like 30 years is when Andy Pettit talked about how pitching in the postseason there's so much mental stress and so much focus on every single pitch that there's no way he'd be able to pitch like that in the regular season because it's just wait you just you can't handle that over you know 30 plus starts i want to know what it's going to be like for a christian javier and anoli Paredes, a blake taylor i mean those guys some of those guys are different because they're relievers so there's a lot of pressure on each pitch even in the regular season but getting them that kind of experience where you go in and like every single pitch there's so much stress so much stress, so much pressure, even with no fans in the stands. Yeah, it could be good for Kyle Tucker, too, even though he, he played Absolutely. played in the postseason last year, but but struggled. Um, yeah, I could see that point. Um, this will be, even though the Astros are playing the Rangers this week, it could be interesting this week with uh, Lance McCullers yep. uh, slated to start Wednesday after missing his last turn because of the, the nerve irritation in his neck. Um, and then... You know, we're we're still monitoring the Justin Verlander thing. Um, you know, it sounds like the next step for him might be to face hitters and that um, you know, he could make a start in on that last road trip over the regular season. Now you mentioned maybe the Mariners series. I guess it would it would really depend on whether they wanted him, you know, and again, we're presuming they they hold off the the Mariners and, and clinch second place at some point. Um, you know, for Verlander, it would depend on, you know, do they want to start him in game one on the 29th or game two on the 30th? Um, and do they want to keep him on regular rest or an extra day of rest? So if it's the 29th game one on normal rest, that would trace back to the 24th against the Rangers. Um, okay. But it, it, it could be the Makes 23rd sense. against the Mariners. It could be the 25th against the Rangers. It just depends on how they want to line it up. And that's and assuming so, everything goes well with Verlander facing hitters and, and coming out of that okay. Yeah. And, and so I, when we look at it, so right now, Christian Javier was taken out of the rotation just because it doesn't seem like they have spots for him. And so I think you said, was it the 24th? Is that like the next open date, essentially, with the, with the way the rotation shapes up? No, it would be Saturday. Um, this Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm assuming. So this week is is. Urquidy, McCullers, Valdez. Yep. And then the 18th, they could go either Grinky, which I, I think is the front runner to keep him on every yeah, five well, days. 
And then especially if they're facing Zach Gallon, who I think it might be right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's a yep. good call. And then the 19th if it would be the other option for Grinky or Luis Garcia slash Christian Javier. They got, they would have to make a decision between those two. Okay, so that that's the first. That, that makes sense. Thank you for clearing that up. So that's going to be the first sort of open date, and then and then after that is when you were looking looking at a possible Verlander return, just depending on how things go with this next session. Exactly. Okay. So say it's the nineteenth, that would line up with the twenty fourth as the the following turn. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm not sure if if Javier is in the bullpen permanently now, or we'll get one more start. Either way, it's it's. It's, you know, that's going to be his postseason role, right? Um, no doubt. Yes. And Garcia, yes. too, like, he, he it could have him make another spot start, but he's not going to be getting a playoff start. So they, you know, they could give him a look in the, in the bullpen again, too. Um, but, yeah, it'll be – it's interesting. I think also interesting of, of note is that the Astros, when given the – choice of where to reinsert McCullers made it Wednesday instead of Thursday. And Wednesday lines up with a game three um, more than Thursday does. Yeah. So did it catch you by, did it catch you by surprise Jake that it was like all of a sudden, okay, Lance is back. Lance is starting Wednesday. Maybe I am just ignorant, but that kind of caught me slightly off guard. I I didn't know that he was, that he was going to bounce back that quickly and just be right, right in back into the road, into the rotation. You know, I know that was their hope all along was that he would just miss one one turn. But I was surprised because there was no update from Dusty Baker on that before the game, either of the last two days. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. like I, <laughs> when he was asked before Sunday's game, if they had set the rotation, um, he didn't have it in front of him and just said they would get it to us later. So, like, I, I don't. Yeah, it was a little weird that there was no like, hey, McCullers is going to start. But um I guess like in big picture wise, you know, they had always said that this was kind of a minor thing and they hope to get him back after just one turn. By the way, there's one other thing about the postseason that gets me that gets me excited from a content standpoint. One thing I really want to do with you a couple of times is I want to see I want to break down Dusty Baker bullpen decisions in the postseason. Like that is something that I need to inject <laughs> into my veins. I, I, I need to watch playoff baseball and see what kind of things Dusty decides to do. Like I, I need that for my like sports, mental, whatever. Should, That's what I you need. You should come over for the games. We'll, we'll uh, break it down. Uh, I got a nice TV here. We could we could, okay. we could do it up. Um, I, I'm 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 down with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. It'll be it'll be interesting for sure. Um, you know, I I didn't agree with his Saturday um, decisions with with you know. It seems like whenever they're down, he just like waves the white flag and throws in Castellanos. Yes. Um, and like, it's really, they showed it, it, why you can't do that because they came back. I mean, obviously Castellanos threw up a zero, but like, you know, I'm more of a process over outcome guy in that, in that yes. case. And I'm with you on that. And it's an illustration of what you've been saying, what we were hammering like two weeks ago. Yes, they do not have a great bullpen, but Dusty has a weird way of making a 10-man bullpen seem like he's basically in the Sahara Desert and there are absolutely no options, even after days off. It's it's just, it's really, really strange. Yeah. I, I mean, they had a day off Friday and you have the day off coming up Monday on your radar. Like, I just don't get yep. it. Um, you just got, got to put in Castellanos in this spot. Absolutely have to do it. Yeah. And... 
I feel kind of bad like ragging on Castellanos, but like it's not personal. It's just that he's Castellanos. Like he hadn't pitched. It's not him. Yeah. He hadn't pitched above. He pitched like 12 innings above high A before last month. Um, And then I know some people took issue with Cy Snead on Sunday night um, over like Brad Peacock. But I, you know, I, 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 I think that's fair. But like I thought the one Saturday was worse. We'll get right back to the show after a word from today's sponsor, Indochino. Hi, I'm the Athletics Joe Posnanski uh, for Indochino. You know, finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging, especially for somebody like me who has uh, a body type I would call um, dumpy. It's tough to find anything that fits right. You know, I'm not really a large. I'm not really an extra large. I'm not really a double extra large. I'm not really anything. So it's obviously, it's fantastic. You go to Indochino. They have you uh, go through this entire fitting process where you give them basically every single bit of information that you have about yourself. Uh, you have every measurement you have, uh, who your favorite beetle is, uh, you know, what what uh, you believe about the infield fly rule. And uh, and then you come out and and they're they're going to send you. Uh, clothes that are uh, that fit you really better than anything you could possibly get in the store. It's it's fantastic. Uh, with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, casual wear uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Customize everything from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and uh, monogram if you're a monogram kind of person. Uh, if you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget about the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everyone a tailored fit. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code JOE at check. Look at that, JOE. It's for me. Joe at checkout. That's super easy to remember. You go to Indochino.com and the promo code is Joe. Yeah, I think you're right about Saturday. And I mean, they're objectively objectively right about Sunday. I guess they seem so dead in the water in in that game that I'm not going to make a huge deal about it, particularly because, you know, that's that's the eighth inning and you know, rarely had been in. So I'm not going to like, I'll, I'll lay off Dusty on that. I just want to see what it would be like in the postseason. But I, I derailed the conversation to my postseason hypothesis stuff. The McCullers Verlander stuff is definitely the most interesting, probably storyline along with them trying to, you know, clinch a playoff spot the next two weeks, as far as what's happening here. Um, you know, Altuve coming Lance back too, in- I guess, right? Like he's, I mean, Yes, we, we've kind of forgotten about him a little bit because he's been so bad this season, but he, he should yep. be back during the homestand as as should Blake Taylor. Yes, and, and both and, and I think both are significant, even though Altuve has been obviously very poor so far this season. One would think that turns around. You just don't know if it happens within the, the two weeks. Um, Lance's season has been weird. You know, I, I again, I like I I had Lance on my radio show for like two straight years. So I always kind of like I always feel slightly protective of him for for whatever reason. But I but my whole philosophy on this sort of thing is I'm going to be objective and fair. Uh, I think Lance has had a bizarre season in that you talk to some people and they're like, uh, you know, you can't stay healthy, put him in the bullpen, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just looking at this and I feel like he has had some games where he has completely blown up. But other than that, I think most of his starts have been pretty good. And so I want to see what happens starting on Wednesday when he is back. Do you buy into the extremely small sample home road splits for him this year? Um, it's four yes, and four and like four home starts dominant, four road starts terrible. 
Yes, only because this has been a thing with Lance in, in his career where he has been much better at Minute Park than he has been on the road. Yeah, I guess it's also somewhat skewed by the fact that he like had the the uh, the Arizona. Well, that plus like the last start in Anaheim where he didn't get an out, yep. right? Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think I buy it to an extent, but not to the extent that the stats would suggest it is. Um, I mean, even, even if it is the case, he's talented enough to where it shouldn't be a gigantic difference. Um, I do think, I mean, I got to look up the overall stats in his career, what they look like home road, but this is somebody like, I know like around 2018, uh, they were talking about just how significant the splits have been with Lance McCullers pitching a minute at park versus elsewhere. And that's kind of continued this season. Um, so that that's really why I buy into it. Not this season, specifically but over the course of his career all right well their first playoff series well all of their playoff games will be on the road um would you start mccullers or valdez in a game three i think valdez has probably earned it at this point um i think i probably have to go with valdez but as you and I talked about in the last episode lance has a history of pitching pretty well in the postseason to where I think that one is one if I'm Dusty Baker and James Click over the next two weeks that if Lance, you know, pitches well a couple times and Fromber pitches more like he has been the last two outings where he can, you know, pitch innings but give up runs, I would kind of lean towards Lance. If if that happened and then they they were going with some combination of Verlander and Granky in games one and two. That's my philosophy. And I guess we have to wait and see how McCullers pitches in these last two starts of the regular season yeah, as well. I mean, he, he might not be healthy. He might not be effective, in which case it's not really a discussion. Right. But if he goes out there and, and pitches well a couple of times and Valdez struggles, then it's the kind of thing that based on history would, would really make me think about game three, especially because, you know, game three, that's the decider if you get to a game three. Right. Yeah, I think given how they place the schedule, that I think it suggests that McCullers is actually probably the front runner. Um, Interesting. Just, be, Interesting. just because Valdez, is he's starting Thursday. So you count out five. So he, yep. that's one, two, three, four, five. That's the 22nd. And then the series, the season finale on the 27th, that doesn't leave you enough rest for a game three. Yeah. Um, also, I think you have to keep in mind the fact that they might be thinking – you know, who can make an easier transition of the bullpen? Valdez pitched that dominant six and a third long relief outing out of the bullpen earlier this season. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of has that like resilient arm where he just like he's can go forever. Um, it doesn't seem bothered by much. And then McCullers, obviously, he's pitched in the bullpen before in, in the 2017 and 2018 playoffs, but. He's in his first season back from Tommy John surgery. He's been on a starter's routine all year. That that could be part of the thinking as well is like what's what's doing right by each of those pitchers in terms of like um, keeping them healthy yeah. and, and on their, you know, putting them in the best position to succeed. Quick question, just so I know, because I'm sure the audience, I'm guessing most people in the audience would not know this. The playoff schedule, the best of three, Jake, do you know, is that going to be three days in a row? Is there an off day mixed in after game two? What What is the exact schedule right now? It hasn't been set yet, but in in a uh, Jeff Passan on ESPN's story the other day, he said the AL would start on the 29th and the NL would start yep. on the 30th. 
And I think it's just three straight days for both um, okay, because so they don't want to they don't want to spend a lot of time before they get to the bubble. They just want to kind of do it and move on. I mean, three game series are, are normal and you're coming off of a Monday off day or in the NL case, a Monday, Tuesday off day. So there's no reason why you can't play three in a row. OK, and I, I want to go through this Valdez schedule real quick one more time, <laughs> not to bog us down, but I just want to make sure I'm on like I'm on, I'm fully on top of this. So Valdez is going to start Thursday against Texas to wrap up that series, right? So that's that's the first start for him after Lance on Wednesday. So then Valdez would go Tuesday in Seattle on the 22nd or yeah. Am I correct in that? Yeah, unless they unless they started both Javier and Garcia and made it a six man for a week. You know, like it's they yeah, they, they right. do yes. have the option to tweak stuff here and there especially if they clinch early. Um so it's not certain by any means, but I thought it was noteworthy that when given the choice, they put McCullers on the Wednesday track and, and, and Valdez on track to pitch the regular season finale, which, you know, there's a good chance the Astros will have clinched by then. And they could also just hold Valdez out of that game and then, yeah, you know, start him whenever. Point. So it's not certain, but I, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that is interesting. And OK, so with Justin Verlander. So the latest on him is that he had another successful session. How many pitches did he throw? Was it 60 or 65 this weekend? Uh, well, Dusty Baker told us in the Houston media, 55 to 60. And it sounded like he yeah. told Buster only 60 to 65. So uh, two different uh, counts there. Um, I need like a Venn diagram of like what Dusty tells different people <laughs> on different days and updates and not updates yeah. and what's going on. Um, he's... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it's safe to assume it's somewhere in the 55 to 65 range uh, yes. based on those two numbers. But um, yeah, so his next one would be somewhere in like the 70 to 80 range, right? Um, yep. Presumably against hitters. And, and so then in a start, maybe he's 80 to 90. I, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly sure the progression there. OK, so well, from what it sounds like, is it reasonable to say that if Verlander's next outing, whether it's against hitters or what he's going to decide to do, if he pitches, you know, 80, 85, 75 pitches and it goes well, the next step is going to be to see him on the mound starting one of these last couple of regular season games. Is that fair at this point? Is that kind of the projection? Because that's what it, it seemed like to me coming out of the weekend. Yeah, I think they'd like to see him get a, a start in before the postseason for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely reasonable. It's just a matter of, you know, which game and does he come out of the, the session facing hitters okay? Um, and then obviously, you know, once he gets cleared to start, how does he look? You know, that's a big what if too because he has, we haven't seen him since like July 24th or 26th or whatever opening day was. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be very interesting to see what, you know, what he's going to look like, especially because... You know, unless they go on a major winning streak starting Tuesday, there's a decent chance that whatever start he's going to have, it's going to it's probably going to mean something. It's probably going to mean something as far as the postseason. There is always the chance they could, you know, reel off, you know, seven race straight wins here. And all of a sudden, you know, that would be basically locked up. But there is that chance that when Verlander starts for that last week or so, that there's actually a lot on the line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I so they're one and a half up on the Mariners entering Monday's A's Mariners doubleheader. Let's say the Mariners split that. That would make it two games. Yep. I'm so bad at math. It's embarrassing. For me, it's always just um, the, I always look at the loss column. That, that's that okay. for me is the big one. 
Okay. I mean, I guess like that Mariners, they could clinch during that Mariners series if they sweep them, right? Yeah, um, I, that, that's how I'm looking at it. Yes. I mean, yeah. When we look at, you know, the next six Texas, Arizona. Yeah, it's, it's probably a scenario where the there's not a lot of time left and there aren't many games. So they probably have to sweep them in order to, to, to clinch. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's exciting is there's no more seven, eight, eight, ten home games. Yes. Yes. We're finally done with those. That is exciting. Yeah. Yes. The only eight ten games are the are the first two Mariners road games, which is better than ten ten in a normal year. Yeah, I, I feel um, I feel like that was just that was some weird experiment by baseball that I don't really think worked. No, way past my bedtime. Wait, yeah, um, wait, and it's just like it's not like I think they had this idea that like okay, let's try to like even out the time zones somehow, but you're still having the same regional people watch games. You know what I mean? Right, right. So yeah. it. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. But anyway, today is, or Monday, as we're speaking, is the last Astros off day until the, the playoff field will be set, you know, until the 28th when the regular season will be over. So, uh, should be an interesting two weeks here. We will be back on Thursday, um, Thursday morning. So, we will have seen two more games, including Lance McCullers' return to the rotation. So, it should be plenty to talk about there. Um but until then, I uh, hope everyone has a good week and we will talk to you in the next episode. Yeah.